Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to John. At the Last Supper, when Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. During the Easter season, we read through the book of, uh, portions of the book of Acts. Uh, It's a story about the days and, and years after Uh, The Holy Spirit descended upon the disciples, uh, pushing them out to the ends of the earth to proclaim the good news to all creation that God is Lord and King and has manifested this in Jesus, his son. My friend Grant, who I get together with every week to talk about the upcoming lectionary reading, says, you know, the the, the Acts has often been called the Acts of the Apostles, but it seems like Calling it the Acts of the Holy Spirit seems more appropriate because it's the story of the Holy Spirit's movement among the people. Some people come to Peter in Acts chapter 11 and says, Peter, I notice that you are eating with people who are uncircumcised. Kind of curious about this. Peter begins to share this experience that he had that transformed his life, his awareness of God. It's a story in which Peter is praying. In the midst of this prayer, he has this fantastic vision in which God says to him, do not call anything that I have made unclean. See, part of Jewish law was that there was things that were clean and unclean. Those applied to both animals and also to people. And so um, so, so, so for, for Peter, this moment was a way for him to understand that, 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 that separating himself from those who were Gentiles was not what God had intended. That the Holy Spirit was doing something new within the lives of the disciples, opening up a new way of understanding God's and God's creation. This is one of the arguments that Paul um, often found himself in. Paul recounts one of the experiences in which he and Peter get into an argument about it. Paul says in Galatians, but when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, and I told him that he stood self-condemned. For until certain people came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles, but after they came, he drew back and kept himself separate from the uncircumcision faction. For the fear for, for other Jews joined him in this hypocrisy that even Barnabas was led astray by the hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not acting consistently with the truth of the gospel, 
I said to Peter before all of them, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentiles, Paul says, yet we know that a person is justified not by the works of the law, but through the faith of Jesus Christ. And we have come to believe in Jesus Christ so that we might be justified in Christ and not by doing the works of the law because no one is justified by the works of the law. But yet this whole question about what do we do with Gentiles, what do we do with people that don't fit in the neat boxes that, that, are, that, that, are, that, that are worlds and, and societies have created, what do we do about them? You know, it's not, the story is not that Easter happened and then Pentecost happened and suddenly all clarity about the kingdom of God suddenly came to the people. It took them a long time to wrestle with these things. And frankly, there are things that we are still wrestling with today. That we are still trying to figure out. So how do we know? How do we know that the thing that we think we are doing is of God and not just simply our ego or our convictions getting in the way? When the reading from Acts, we know that, that when God is doing something, it seems that the Holy Spirit shows up, that the, that the Spirit came upon even the Gentiles, that they received, the, that, that, that they received um, redemption, that they received newness of life. One of the things that Peter tells us is, is that even the Gentiles um, had received repentance. Repentance is not just this idea about saying, geez, I'm sorry this happened, but repentance is an entire transforming of our lives and our minds into a new way of being and a new way of seeing the world. It is a refusal to sit there and say that the status quo is okay. Repentance is a determination for us to change our lives. But Paul talks about in his letter to 2 Corinthians he says, now I rejoice not because you were grieved, but because your grief led to repentance. For you felt a godly grief so that you were not harmed in any way by us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation and brings no regret. But worldly grief produces death. In other words, what Paul is saying in this, in this portion of the letter is, is that when our grief when our, when, our, when our awareness that we have failed leads to redemption, leads to a new way of being, that that is godliness. But the ways of the world oftentimes don't do that. In our secular culture, we sit there and we beat people up for things that they did 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Your sins follow you everywhere you go. And now that we have social media, it seems like they exist forever. Football star is drafted and somebody finds a tweet that he sent out when he was 15 years old and tries to undermine him. Our world, our secular world does not have a good way of dealing with people who have amended their life and who have changed it. We seem to only know about punishment and rejection. 
so that we feel righteous, so that we feel just by the punishment of another person. But in Christ Jesus, there is a redemption that brings new life in which our lives are transformed to a new way of being and a new way of seeing in which the old has passed away and new life is before us. Melito of Sardis, in his Easter sermon, says the Lord suffered for the sake of him who suffered and was bound for the sake of him who was in prison and was judged for the sake of the condemned and was buried for the sake of the buried. So come all families of human beings who are defiled by sins and receive remission of sins. For I am your remission. I am the Passover of salvation. I am the lamb who was sacrificed for your sake. I am your ransom. I am your life. I am your resurrection. I am your light. I am your salvation. I am your king. I, am, I lead you toward the heights of heaven. I will show you to the eternal father and I'll raise you up with my right hand. And this is part of this work that we celebrate in the season of Easter is how Jesus has done these things on our behalf. And it is Jesus' faith in us, not the works that we do that compel us to rightness. Wonder if you thought about yourself 10 or 20 years ago. What are things that you might have said or done for which you regret for which you have sorrow? What are some things that you are just carry this baggage with us that we don't seem to be able to let go of? If Peter, if Peter could change his life, not in an instant, but over a long time of the working of the Holy Spirit in his lives, why do we think in our lives it's any different? Who among us simply had an experience of the risen Christ and suddenly had everything figured out? I know, not me. Kristen would tell me I'm still learning. <laughs> but when we live in this redemptive world, we live in this time in which we can admit our failures and our faults and we can see newness of life. It is transforming and it is beautiful. Father Greg Boyle, who uh, works um, with uh, people who are getting out of gangs in Los Angeles, shares a story in his book, Tattoos of the Heart, about a man that he led to Christ in prison. The young man got word that his brother had been murdered by a rival gang and uh, Greg Boyle, Father Boyle, was worried because he was afraid that violence would break out because in this young man's discipleship group were members of the gang who had killed his brother. Father Boyle decides to go to the, to the Bible study, the discipleship group, just to try to be there to try to help calm things down. But the, but the man whose brother was murdered walked into the room where the rival gang members were, and he went and he embraced them, and he said, I love you, and I forgive you. And this is really the power of Jesus working in our lives is when we can have that sense of being in which the old ways, the old divisions that we have no longer have meaning. And the only, the only thing that makes, that makes any meaning is that there is one God and Father of all who has been saved by his son Jesus and strengthens us in the power of the Holy Spirit.
Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org. And peace be with you.